What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I have an excellent conversation in store for you. I'm sitting down with John Meehan. John, so it's really weird, actually, how how the world works. Um, John is um, he's a lawyer. He's a sports agent. John works for Paradigm Sports Management. And they represent some of the largest names in uh, in combat sports, like uh, like Conor McGregor, like Israel Aiden Sanya. Um, man, the the list really goes on and on. But uh, it was really cool to catch up with John. It's weird because we are um, we we do jujitsu in the same affiliation, and uh, he trains at. Um, he trains at an affiliate gym, um, and so I've 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 known about him, and you know I've seen him at, at I believe it was like an in-house tournament at uh, at his gym one time I stopped by I think he was competing, so we've known of each of each other but we've never actually been able to connect so we, it was really cool to you know just to sit down with this dude and I <clears throat> I'm always talking about constantly taking audit of the energy that you allow to have around you, which is one of the best things about having this show is like, I fuck man, I get to pick and choose who I'm sitting down with and I can aggressively try to sit down with very high achieving people. And, um, so I'm, I'm always trying to be around that energy and man, just sitting down with John, dude, it was just like, man, I feel like, you know, it's like, you know, you meet somebody and you know, they're on the same frequency and it's like, damn, like I want to have, uh, a guy like you in my circle for sure. So it was just cool to connect with John. He's just he's a really good human, and we have a lot of great information for you know any up and coming fighter, um, any current fighter who just wants to learn more about the business of uh, of combat sports because it is a business. So it's important to understand how things operate. So John gave a lot of good insight on that. And, uh, man, we just talk about mindset and just a whole bunch of other good shit. So um, without any further uh, rambling from me, let's get to the conversation. I have John Meehan. Let's gain some perspective, everybody. John, what's up, my man? Not too much, brother. I'm I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you having me down here, dude. I fucking, like we were saying beforehand, I really do like this area a lot. It's definitely come up. It's like come a long way. 100%. And I think being here, being from St. Louis and kind of growing up in this general area, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because you see all these things that are, you know, had different vibes years ago you know and now yeah. things are coming up and it's cool i've always been a proponent of like you know being in the city yeah i i, I refuse to move to the county my <laughs> wife wants to and i'm just like <laughs> i don't know i feel like i've just it's an identity it's yeah. an identity being a city kid in st louis yeah man and, and now that things are coming back you know yeah dude there's, there's like just so much um so much development down here man and there's nothing whether it's this city or another one like there's nothing like the energy of a city during the summertime honestly that's that's what it is for me and if it my wife's from uh council bluffs iowa so like you know <laughs> small across the river from i fought uh, there from okay yeah. yeah yeah so right across the river from omaha yep so 
I think as it relates to living in the city, I grew up spending time in Boston with my dad's family where everything, everyone's walking around and you like feel that life and that energy of a yeah, city. Yeah. So I've always kind of been attracted to that. And even though here, nobody's walking around, it's not really that kind of city. Yeah. It's still just, you know, I live right by South Grand. I can walk over there, you mm-hmm. know, eat at international restaurants, just kind of the vibe of the city, bro. You know, like, yeah, man. Well, that's probably like, I mean, this area is kind of one of the few areas where you probably will see more people kind of out and about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're right here next to SLU. Yeah. Um, they got a few biking lanes, but, uh, right there on grand, so many good restaurants. Yeah, dude. man. All the time. And I grew up going to the King and I like they're I'm close with their family. Uh-huh. The King and I faux grand, uh, you know, Lee, Lee's family. Um, you know, so we, it's just, I mean, you got to enjoy the city and the diversity and the, the culture that we have in St. Louis. And they're so segregated in so many ways that yeah. I appreciate being somewhere where you got, you know, the the old families that have been there forever. You got young professionals there. You right. got, you know, a lot of the, the gay, lesbian community. Like, there's just so many different people in that area of South City. And, and right. having a kid, I want my daughter to grow up and just experience that, you know, and right. be around lots of different people. Yeah. I think yeah. that's important. For sure, 100%, man. I mean, like, what you're exposed to will just completely just shape the way we, we interact with the entire world, right? That's everything, though. It's like I, I had a crazy upbringing in that, you know, we were talking earlier, my dad's a martial artist, but through his martial arts training, and teaching, I was exposed to a lot of different people because he would go do Tai Chi and do Kung Fu, things like that at like, you know, the Catherine Dunham Center in East St. Louis, you know. So you'd have he met a good friend of his who's Brazilian who did capoeira, you know. So like I grew up around that. And then uh, actually Akon's father is somebody that I grew up calling Godfather. This is I didn't know Akon was his son, oh, but wow. he would come here and he's a professional drummer from Senegal, like oh, very really? famous. So you know, growing up with like someone that I called family who's Muslim or who's Buddhist, like the people on the King and I, you know, like, and just having that mindset puts you in a place where I just feel like you're never, you never feel too far apart from people. You understand people's right. differences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Dude, the first time, um, like I actually kind of like f- fell in love with like the vibe of a city during the summer. Like I've always appreciated it, but like I went to Chicago for the first time and it was during the summer. Dude, there's nothing like Chicago during the summer. I can tell you that. So playing football in college, I, it was like a Midwest school at Drake. So we had a lot of guys from Kansas city, St. Louis, Chicago, like all those Chicago suburbs and probably a few other places in the middle, you know, the Minneapolis, I never, never met anybody from Minneapolis or, you know, the (laughs) Northern States, but, I used to hate on Chicago because you always had the football rivalries and all right. the other stuff. So we'd always be, be yeah. running our mouth. But then I went to Chicago for um, – we had a fight out there last summer. And I went out and hung out for like a week. And it was like, oh, my God, I get it now. And like one of my boys has an apartment like down on, off the water. And it's just like, oh, all right, all right, yeah. Chicago, I get it. Yeah, I, get I see it now. you guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. There will always be that friendly like rivalry between St. Louis and Chicago. Always. But Boy, do I It's appreciate. fun, though. Yeah, it is. It's a fun rivalry. It really is, dude. Like, um, for the most part, exp- I really started getting into uh, to hockey after, okay. after we were like – I can respect it. After we, like, won the cup. Yeah. But <laughs> like I was one of those people guy. that always loved it from afar. Like, I appreciate the fact that these dudes are huge and they're flying around on skates. Yeah. They can fight on the ice. Yeah. You know, like, it's, I've always had respect for it, but it was never like, let me turn this on. And I'm like that. I'm the worst to be a sports agent or sports attorney – I am the worst sports fan of all time. Bro, I don't I tell people I don't even like sports. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like I don't watch sports. People are always super surprised like um, you know, I fought for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch fighting. Like I just I just don't do any of that. But 
I did really like learn to appreciate like the athleticism and yeah. just the physicality of that sport on ice. Like growing up, dude, I played uh, like street hockey with my friends. Like yeah, we I, all, I played, we all did a little of that. Yeah, I played like all sports, but uh, actually like watching these guys, I'm like, holy hell, man! Like these guys. Are I mean, I think next it, level I met I, there. There was a girl who I was friends with in college, and she dated a hockey player. And okay. I remember like hanging out with the dude. And first of all, I was like, this dude is huge. He could definitely play football. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I get this. This is not. And he was like talking. I think he had injured his pelvis or something. Like we became boys or whatever. But yeah. I just realized like that is not a sport for the soft. And like wow. I'm the opposite of you. So I grew up. My dad being a martial artist, I grew up watching all the, you know, the martial arts movies. And, and you know, I just was always like UFC 1 I was watching with my father. Nice. Like boxing, UFC, any sort of MMA, like I was, it was just always around me. So I kind of – I watched that. Yeah. Football, when the Rams were here, I was a huge fan. Obviously being an NFL agent, I, I try to keep up with it. But yeah. any other sport, like basketball, baseball, especially sports with series, I think that's my problem. Is like I don't want to see the same people play each other seven times in a row. Right. You're playing 200 games a year, however much it is. It just doesn't matter if you win or lose. Whereas football, you got one week to beat this team, and you're not playing them again until next year. You yeah. Know? So it's kind of like, at least in, in college, high school, like those kind of vibes. Right, right. But I think the series thing is the problem for me. I just can't pay that close of attention for that long. Because yeah. if you lose, I don't feel bad. Like right. the Rams lose to the, the Bears. I'm going to hear about it all year from all of my boys <laughs> in Chicago or, or fights, you know? Yeah. I also kind of wonder, like, man, with those series, like, are those rigs sometimes? It's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, man, you know, we're going to get a lot of fucking revenue for the city if we go to game seven. I mean, like, there, there's truth to that in terms of, like, you know, the, the, the impact that series can have and like where it's at and where it finishes but yeah there's a big economic impact dude yeah yeah i try to i try to lay off the sports conspiracies for the <laughs> most part i mean there's some that i've heard where i'm like all right i can see that but yeah you know. i always just wonder yeah yeah oh uh, you always gotta wonder you always have to have an open mind to the idea that things aren't as they seem right right yeah because you just never know man you just no. never know <laughs> now, so you grew up like did you do like all sports growing up or did you just kind of like take the football and, like that was your jam so i was a little kid i was four pounds when i was born so oh, my father would not let i was preemie my dad would never let me play football when i was a kid i'd always ask and he's like no you're too small you're too small you're too small yeah and like i so i did martial arts because obviously growing up i mean i have some crazy stories of growing up because he He's a martial artist, like 100% through and through. Everything he does, he's, he breathes martial arts. So, like, you know, as a kid, I would – I think I did Aikido for a long time. I did um, lots of different forms of kung fu, did Tai Chi, did some competition, some international competitions. That's dope. Uh, through Tai Chi. And then um, – Like the hand push fighting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Push hands, yeah. yeah. So, I've done a lot of those kind of things growing up. And then – but I always wanted to play football, man. I, I was always pressing them about it. And then one year I grew like six inches. Mm. I was probably six foot or at least five, five ten, five eleven when I was about 13. Nice. And then it was like, all right. <laughs> you know, I went to a different school. Yeah. And then that's when they had a football team. So nice. he let me play. And he went from not knowing anything about football to, you know, I played in college. My brother played in college. My brother actually got – defensive player of the decade in st louis at webster groves for, for football so he ended up going from like not watching it to now he'll call me and be like are you watching this patriots game right <laughs> yeah, now? he's like, all no. in now yeah, yeah yeah he's just probably like uh it sounds like just like it's like he just enjoys pure competition 100 percent. and he's not a team sports guy and i think that's the huge difference between my father and i is like yeah. growing up on football which is kind of the ultimate team sport it puts you in a mind frame in business or in anywhere else where it's like you know we each have a role and yeah. our roles have to come together for the for us to execute properly right. whereas in individual sports you live and die by yourself and there's a value to that but right. i think in the 
in the world of, you know, working with other people and in, in the, the business world, it, yeah. it can sometimes be a problem. But I, I, I played football probably like eighth grade on through okay. college. So yeah. I loved it. I always was a physical, overly physical little kid, always accidentally hurting somebody, wrestling <laughs> around, you know, like That's that right. kind of thing. So, yeah, so I did martial arts probably until – I was in middle school, and then that's when it was like, and and I played like soccer and basketball, but like the martial arts thing was kind of the, the bigger um, focus. And then over time, it became football and Just, you're track just itching to be for physical. football. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you can go. You, it's, it's a. I think the social aspect of football gets you a lot for sure. Because I never loved the game. Like I'm not one of those people who can sit and be like. Oh man, they're in this coverage, doing this and that. And I played all the way through college, but I was a dude who was like, "You give me a job, I'm gonna go do it." I'm gonna go do it and exactly. Do it well. Hell yeah, exactly. dude! I can definitely respect that. Like I was uh, like growing up, I was always like this, uh, like sh- I, was, I was a chunkier kid. Oh okay. And then like uh, I think going into seventh grade, um, I grew like 13 inches, bro. Just yeah. Shot the fuck up. And then uh, I, I always knew I do. I would play football. Mm-hmm. Um, I started in the seventh grade, but there's just something about like just getting out there and just like banging the pads. And it's like, you got, you got pads on, you kind of feel like a machine a little bit. You got a helmet. It's like yeah. a very, you feel cool. It shit. pulls you out of like, I think that's the, the scarier part about jujitsu or, or MMA. Like when you're out there by yourself mm-hmm. and you're naked, you, you know, are. and you're there you really with are. someone else. And you're and in a singlet. Like, so like you're literally <laughs> almost naked. Yeah. And it's it cold. is you and somebody else. And you're both just like, you know, let's, let's find out. Or yeah. it's football. Every play, you go back in the huddle and you're looking at all your boys and you're like, bro, yeah, they just got us right there, but let's go. You know what I mean? Like, let's. Right. There's that that internal hype of multiple people and your boys are always with you and you live with these guys in college. Yeah. Like, they're your brothers, you know? And it's, yeah. it's so much of that mentality. But with those pads and a helmet, you feel like you can run through a wall. For sure, dude. That camaraderie is important. I think, like, just 100%. as men, dude, we need that. I think that's why you see so many people just really, like, love the military. Yeah. Or, you know, whenever they stop playing sports or they get out of the military, they're just, like, they're but so fucking But even look at, look at the police. You know, I mean, yeah. there's the police. There's there's so many different groups of, of people, whether it's male, female, whatever. But there's a powerful group mentality and when you can put the right people together yeah. and, and, and I think it brings people together, you know, and yeah. with the current culture in, in the United States, obviously there's a lot going on and, and right. I'm happy that, you know, that it's being addressed. Maybe there's obviously always can be issues with how things are addressed or this and that, but right. ultimately the fact that it's being addressed, but it's still, you know, the police force, I'm sure that's brought a lot of people together. Just like the military brings lots of different people together. Yeah. I played football with guys who had never met a black guy, never in their life. And then they're playing on a football team with, right. you know, quite a few. So it's kind of, yeah. it's it, it allows you to experience so much and to, to really kind of lose the ego. I mm-hmm. think that's like part of life, though, is like always trying to lose the ego, whether it's jujitsu, where it doesn't matter who you are. You can go in there against one of our little guys who's a purple belt and they will maul you. Yeah, you know? dude. And, and football, I mean, just having to say, hey, I don't, it doesn't matter what you did that was good or bad. Right. Did you do what you were supposed to do for the rest of the team? You have this job every play. Yeah. Can you execute this? And if everyone can execute their job as a whole, you start winning. You know, right. like those kind of things. And there are a lot of great lessons that come from team sports, right? Like, you know, doing your part, especially in football, having a short memory. Like, hey, man, I just fucked up, but next oh play, my God. let's get back at it. I think that's the most important value that my wife and I talk about all the time is two things. Is one – Athletes in general, if you have been an athlete in your life, seriously, and you go into business or anywhere else, it's realizing, one, you got to have a short memory. So many people take things personal. You know, like everything everything that happens may affect you personally. But if there's no personal intent behind it, I can't get mad at somebody. I can't, you know, it's 
your coach can get into you. You know what I mean? You oh, can screw up a play. Dude, but they and they'll go off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then you got to turn around but not let that not be harboring on that. You know, he told you that because it's going to make the team better, not because you personally have some issue. And maybe you do, but Right. You know, but it's, it's not like they don't like you as a person. Exactly. Right? You have to be willing to to take and really register and understand self-reflect on the fact that I screwed this up. Yeah. Now I got to go out here and fix it on the fly. Like right. literally in a moment, you got to go fix it. So I think in the world, so many people get, get, you know, criticism isn't always your enemy. I think the people that I'm closest to in life are people who freely criticize me. Right. You know, it's like, they'll be like, no, I don't think it's a good idea. Why would that work? Right. Why are you doing this? And a lot of people get turned off from that and think, call somebody a hater or this and that. Yeah. But I think you should spend more time worrying about the people that are yes men in your life who are just right. always oh yeah go do that go do that go well do you that. know you, nobody wants to be held accountable right True. it's like you know in that moment when you have a coach you know on your ass it's he's holding you accountable she's holding you accountable for your actions no, nobody else is now what are you going to do about it but that's the beauty in life that i think you get from athletics and why yeah. i wanted to stay in the athletic arena to some extent is because yeah. you learn these lessons it's like the other thing that i think my wife and i always talk about is just pushing through stuff like right. You know, I remember being in a football game senior year of high school against Luther North, one of the top, you know, schools in it, especially right now. Right. Um, we're down like 21 nothing at in the first quarter. Oh, and wow. they were the number one team in the state. And I just remember thinking, like, we're going to be here for three more quarters, whether we just keep getting pounded on or we turn it around. Right. So you may as well turn it around. You know, but just learning to, to overcome those those little adversities. Yeah. And we ended up coming back, winning the game, like 35, 28, something like that. But it was it was such a life experience for me because yeah. I remember in the first quarter being like, man, this is going to be a long day. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, a couple plays here and there, a couple, couple momentum yep. is a real Momentum's thing. You know? big, baby. Yeah. And then you kind of learn, like, what's truly possible, right? It's just like, exactly. man, I can just keep pushing through, and then we can overcome this, and you get that momentum. And uh, Honestly, I think that is the key. That's yeah. like if, if life was broken down into one thing, other than, of course, being good to people, and, and I think people are important. Yeah. Um, it's that mindset of, like, what is possible. Right. I think so many people, they – and I think when you're a little kid, everybody wants to tell you, you can go be whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, you can, you can be this. You can do that. And at some point, maybe it's high school, maybe it's college, people start being like, oh, well, what are you really going to do? You know, what is your real goal? So when I was thinking I was going to play in the NFL, it's like, all right. And there was a real moment where I realized that was not going to happen. You right. Know? It's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. But, but understanding that you have to be able to pivot and say, hey, you know, like, or at least understand that things are possible and you have to get over the fear of you have to want something more than you're afraid of it you right. know i think that's it's it's hard in life for a lot of people to to push through things and right. i think that's that's the biggest key that sports gives you right well you have you have to accept like the situation as it really is like you can't like live in a delusion and then yeah. you actually have to do something about it well exactly and and i think exactly like we're saying there's it's that push of like at what point do people start trying to be like you know dampen your fire a little bit like hey we'll do something more reasonable you can get a job here they'll pay you well you can go in every day exactly exactly and i think it's up to you you're the only one who is the the um you know the guide of your own energy and your own spirit right you have to be able to you know just go get something and that's i think and everything has ups and downs but i think that is so important to like yeah. realize that everything is possible. And there's different points in everything. life, little points where you realize, you know, whether it was your fighting career, like jujitsu, where like, 
all of a sudden you get a win at a big tournament or something happens and you're like, okay, like I'm really doing this. And yeah. like whatever mindset I had of, oh man, this may not work or this may not happen. Right. You just got to, you got to lock yourself. It's like the roller coasters when you're a little kid. Like I was terrified the first time, but once you lock yourself in, you're going. Yeah. <laughs> There's you no just way. Just you accept just, it, dude. Exactly. Yeah, man. I think those people, like they have good intentions, you know, like, they do. but you just can't listen to that shit, man. Like. Especially here in the Midwest, you're kind of taught this this particular path to mm -hmm. quote unquote success, and it's usually go to school and get your degree and and kind of follow that. But man, that's like one way to make it. But there's so many more ways to make it. You know what I mean? I mean we're not, we're not today, factory workers anymore. Yeah, today, know? I mean, you have YouTube, you have all these other things that allow you to self-produce. Like this, there's never been a better time to create content right, on the planet. So right. like, where you used to, you know, I was a little kid and I thought Jay Z was like my idol for so long, and I was it's like, amazing. oh man, I want to be a rapper. I want to be a rapper. Who didn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you got to have a studio and you got to go do this and X, Y, Z and mm -hmm. somebody has to publish you. And like now people are blowing up because all they do is go on YouTube with dude. the things that they're given, the things that they have. Dude, Soldier Boy happen. changed the game. Exactly. People forget, the dude. Fruity he, Loops. Yeah, he was the first one, man, changing the game, dude. Yeah, dude, there's just so many ways to make it in life, dude. Um, I think like one of my biggest lessons from football was uh, like always keep your head on a swivel. We've <laughs> <laughs> all learned that lesson keep the hard way Keep your head on a swivel, bro. 100%. Now, they're, now all, every, every one of those shots that we got like probably complimented on for hitting somebody who wasn't looking <laughs> is now illegal. You can't do any of that stuff. You can't stuff do any of NFL. that shit anymore, dude. Well, that's why you played the game to catch that guy interception. Somebody's running the other way. And that you just, big hit. Yeah, so you good. live for that, man. You do, man. You really do. I always like, I kind of gravitated more towards the individual sports because, um, like probably the same reason why you loved team sports. Like I hated it. Like yeah. I'm like, man, I'm over here doing my job. This fuckhead over here isn't doing his job. 100%. I'm tired of people weighing me down. Like I feel like, and like I just I took the wrestling to like a fish to water, man. And like I I really loved the like the individual aspect. It's like, all right, man, I can do everything I can do, and I can go out there and I can kill it, and like I'm gonna like reap those rewards. But also there is like this larger team aspect of where like everything I do contributes to the team. Yeah, that's and true. And then when we're in the practice room, we're together as a team we're getting to bet you know we're getting better as a team it's like we can encourage each other as a team so i really like there was a team aspect but when it came to performance yeah, yeah, it, it, was, was, it was all on me <laughs> i think i quit wrestling and it was a big deal at the time because i was really good and it was because i wanted to play football and i knew i wanted to play in college so then yeah. i ran track in the winter and in the spring because i knew i needed to get fast like go i was in. so blinded by that but I think that's everything we're talking about here is you almost have to be blinded by what it is you want to do. Yeah. Like they're just, I think there's a benefit to understanding the A, the A through Z list of possibilities of something. As you know, I'm a calculated person. Yes, you, know, you, you are. Gotta, you got to pay attention to exactly <laughs> what you're going to do. But on the same note, you, you have, have that knowledge. But if you have a fire for something, if you're passionate about something, you have to go do it. Nobody's going to sit. Nobody's going to help you. It's like... Yes, you will get help along the way. There's people who will, but you have to bring something to the table in your effort and in your your motivations to make something happen. And I think that's the problem is what I realize is too many people want to do too many things almost, if yeah. that sounds crazy. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of situations where, you know, I remember during the best example would be like in the fight world. Everybody wants to be the champ at the at the weigh-ins. You know what I mean? When yeah. you're weighing in, everybody wants to be the champ. But do you still want to be the champion in the fourth round when you're down four? You got one round left. Yeah. You're tired, and you have to go out there and take it. Like at that point, do you still want it the same way you did at the weigh-ins or at the press conference? And right. It's a smaller micro microcosm of life. Is like once you're 
in these positions where you want to do something, whether it was like in my life, me becoming an agent and I went out on my own and it was not going well. I got some guys in, I got stabbed in the back, all the the pitfalls of the agent world. I learned in like a year, heartbreaks, all of it. But it was never in my mind. Like, how do you like, damn, is this for you or is it not for you? It was always like, okay, these are the obstacles. What path can I take to next time get around this? You know? So it's like how you're going to do something versus if you're going to do it. It's never a question of if. Right. You're either going to do it or you're not. That's your decision. But Dude. from there on, you just have to accept whatever that is. Yeah, man. You just have to go all in. Um, I like to call it like zero options mentality. Like there is no other option but to like get to that place. You yeah. know, whatever success looks like for you. Like it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to go under and over and around shit. But you're going to get there. And it's, it's just, you're just going to do it or you're not. And yeah. I feel like being an agent, I have guys who hit me up all the time who are, you know, maybe attorneys or other things that are like, man, how do I get a job like that? Like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, are you an agent? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, it doesn't cost. I mean, it costs you money, but it's like you go take an agent test. Like I looked it up one year. I missed the cutoff. So I had to wait a year that year. I read up, studied up and I went and took the test. I didn't have an agency to work for. I had zero direction. I just right. knew that this is what I wanted to do. Right. So you research that, you find it out, and you go do it. But yeah. so many people want to fall into the perfect scenario. Like It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'd love to just get hired by, you know, I don't know, some big sports agency company it, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. When in reality, they haven't brought enough to the table. They haven't, they haven't shown their own commitment to the game right. to go out there and do that. And we see it in fighting all the time. There's a lot of guys that, you know, on fight night, they want to come to the gym the next Monday and be that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when it's – week 12 and you still haven't booked a fight and whatever dude. are you still showing up every day yeah dude when when like it's really really tough and it's just you and and you got to figure out what's going on like who are you in, in those moments of like of the chaos like of the dark times and i mean you have to have good support too and For i think sure. that's another huge problem is most people i think a lot of people cannot easily differentiate who's really their friend and who's not yeah um you know, who you're around is the most important thing in my life. I honestly feel like the people you choose to be around being, you know, when I was a criminal defense attorney and doing all that kind of stuff is like, it's never your worst enemy that's getting you in trouble. Oh, yeah. It's your best friends. It's who, who are you dating? Who do you hang out with? Cause you're only as good as them. So if you're hanging out with a bunch of knuckleheads and you're talking about, you want to go be, you know, whatever it is in life, whether it's music, whether it's athletics, you can you can never be better than them. Right. You know, and I'm not saying just cut ties with people, but I'm saying like you guys have to have that unified mindset. I was blessed to have like the my best friends from seventh grade are my best friends today. Nice. You know, we call each other all the time and we're all professionals at this point. But it's like there's no day where someone can call me and I'm not hyping him up about doing what he's he's supposed to do. My brother, same way. You know, my brother and I are tight and he's I mean, we have two hour long calls on any given night just because we're he's talking about what he's doing. I'm talking about what I'm doing and we're just hyping each other up. So you got to surround yourself by people that give you positive energy 100%. and help you grow. Dude, I'm 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 the biggest proponent of that. I'm always talking about like you have to like audit the energy that you allow around you. Um, yes. it, being here in St. Louis, I'm sure you've seen it. And, and maybe it's like a Midwest thing. There's a lot of scarcity mindset. Where it's like, you know, your gain is somebody else's loss, man. And people are like crabs in a barrel. They always want to pull you down. And, um, dude, you just got to find those people who aren't like that. And if they are like that, cut them out. And if they're your family member, it's like, all right, well, you can't necessarily cut out a family member. But hey, maybe you just limit the amount that you actually talk to them. I think part of the issue now with everybody trying to keep it real all the time and all this stuff is that you also don't owe everybody. You don't owe everybody, like, explanations in no. terms of. There's a lot of people that I may not think are good people or they're not somebody I really want to be around, but I may have to interact with them for whatever reason. Right. 
I can still look you in the face and interact with you, but in my brain, I'm giving you arm's length. You know what I right. mean? Like, I'm not letting you in. Not in your I, don't, I don't have to go tell you that. I don't have to confront you and say, oh, I think you're this or that. Like, let people be who they are. And as yeah. long as you know who they are, you're, you're 100%. Yeah, dude. Like, I'll just let you quietly go your own way. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, I can still love you. Things can be cool. Yeah, love from afar. But I'm just going to let you do your own thing. And that's a big piece, man, for sure. But that's why I love what you're doing with this because I, I've seen so many people I know that, that you've <laughs> talked to, and I think it's – St. Louis, like many cities, is is so competitive, and and I feel like there's a lot of people who don't get love here, yeah. and then we claim them when they actually get big or they yeah. make it. And I, I was talking <laughs> to my brother about this the other day, and he went to Senegal recently, actually with Akon's dad. They oh, were no. doing something, um, and my brother was saying somebody told him this one night. He said, "Why don't you ever see any little snakes?" He was like, "You know, you generally don't see baby snakes just flying. You might catch one here and there, but the idea is." Because people stomp on them, you know. If you see a little snake, yeah, people get they, they they go to it. They're not afraid of it, but they want to. They don't want it to get where it wants to go. Right. The smart snakes, when they're small, stay in the grass. You know what I mean? They just yeah. they keep they stay in their lane. Yep. And then when they're yep. a big snake and somebody sees them, people run away. It's you know. Late, so then. exactly. Yeah. So it's you know the, the the moral of the story is is keep your head down. You know, dude, stay in your lane. Keep your head down. Nobody has to see you. And I think that's another problem is so many people expect to be loved by everybody and myself included, you know, like yeah. I try to be a good dude. I, I, I personally try my hardest. Like I would rather take an L than let somebody say that I did them wrong or anything like that. Like I would right. much rather me just say, okay, well, whether it's money that I've lost or anything that happens, like I would rather me take the L than to try and, you know, do something that anybody could ever say that I, I did something, yeah. you know, underhanded anything like that it's honor you know it's that that well, martial in the, in the grand scheme dude it's going to come back to you tenfold you know 100 percent. always do the right thing it's just positive energy if you give everybody around you positive energy you never know like my story in terms of like the agent world so i wanted to i, I was coming off of college i thought i wanted to fight because i was done playing college football I was in law school Start training with Josh Near, Jeremy Stevens, some of these guys Savages. out in Iowa. Yeah. yeah, but like they they welcomed me because I had interned at a at a fight company, so okay. I would go to the fights. And then one day I met Josh and added him on Facebook, and he was talking about a jujitsu class. So I'm you're like, up in Militech, right? No, this is in this is back when he they had all, all kind of left Militech oh, and came back to Des Moines. Yeah, okay. so I was back in Des Moines, and he let me train jujitsu with him, and I'd show up like it was football. I'd show up every class every day. I'd be the first one there. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, "Yeah, you're getting kind of good. You can come train with the pros." And like. They they allowed me to do that. And I was also coming off of college football, so I wasn't small. You oh, know, I was like two thirty, like yeah, you know, you're an athlete, bro. yeah, coming straight off of that. And you know, they they welcomed me in, and they it became something where when I was in law school, they're like, well, why don't you look over our contracts? Why why do I have to get somebody else to do it? Like, I'd rather you look at it and you help me with this, you help me with that. Right. And it became like a little management company I had going while I was in law school. That's dope. The lawyers hated me because I'd skip all the, you know, the the benefits and the little, you know, like they want to go network and it's like you're gonna go shake someone's hand and get a business card. Like I know where I want to be right. in the sports world. And my brother was coming up, so I wanted to rep him out of Northern Illinois. And he, I'd gotten my agent's license, and he got in a car accident and fractured his hip a week after his bowl game senior year. So everything going right, we were always like the bro we're like the twin dragons. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> me and my brother are so tight and we had always talked about like that happening. Yeah. And then when this happened, it was so heartbreaking because like he couldn't walk for months and Dude. you know, just kinda laid up, moved here. Luckily he had gotten accepted to law school beforehand and decided that he was gonna take a year off and then go to law school. Okay. But when I was in law school I tore my knee in a jujitsu tournament and I was on crutches and one of my professors was like, you know, what'd you do? I was like, it was a jiu-jitsu tournament. I was kind of, you know, you, you're talking to some lawyer, and you're like, 
yeah, I got in a martial arts tournament and, yeah. you know, got hurt. And he goes, well, one of my best friends is the vice president of uh, legal and business affairs at the UFC. If you ever want to go out there and do an internship, let me know. And I'm Dope. like, of course. Yeah. You know? So over the years, I ended up getting close with him. He introduced me to Mike Mersh, who um, is one of my mentors, and he was the gentleman he was speaking about. And um, I went out to Vegas, did an internship in the UFC's legal department, and, and it was awesome. And that yeah. was like right around the time where I was like, let me go with the NFL stuff. I knew I was going to move back here and work with my dad, being an attorney. And it just, even with my brother kind of falling out of the fold, I had already put all these things in place. Like we're talking about being all in. Like I had already had my heart set. Like my passion went from being an athlete to now this business venture of like, right. I can still make a living for myself, work for myself and be in this position to be around athletes and like, you know, the sports that I love, the right. ones that I love. So I did that and it was tough, man. Like the NFL side of things, um, you got to pay so much money for guys to train for the combine and trade for pro day. Mm -hmm. You know, if they don't pan out and you don't know enough scouts who can tell you somebody's going to make it or not, it's like, you just threw away 10 grand, you know? And that's, <laughs> I mean, and that's per player. So, I mean, wow. it's like, you know, there are a lot of bad business decisions I made during that time frame. Yeah. But but it gave me experience. Learning and then lessons. Being an attorney on the side, my day job, that's other experiences. And then having that UFC internship, other experiences. Right. And eventually, um, Mike was no longer working for the UFC, introduced me to Audi Attar at Paradigm, and we talked for like a year. And then we met at the NFL Combine, and he asked me to come work for him. So it's it was the people, right? Like we're talking about, like yeah. you have to give positive energy to people. Don't, you're never too good for anybody. You can learn something from everybody you come in contact 100%. with. 100%. And if you're not willing to take that knowledge and to exude that positivity with other people, yeah, you're never going to see those blessings, you know? Dude, I mean, every person you'll ever meet knows at least something that you don't know. 100%. And it's just ego to think otherwise. But that's, I think, the whole structure of, like, the difficulty of life, right, is shedding the ego. Yeah. Because, why, like, why do we go to jujitsu? You know, like, you know who you are. You uh, know that you can do something. Like, I've learned the moves. I've done this. Yeah. But you want to go prove it to yourself mm -hmm. and... In, in trying to do that, you're building an ego. And then once you get confronted with something and you realize that I can only learn or stop. Yeah. That's the only two options. Well, in the beginning, dude, it's going to it's gonna crush your ego like none other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to humble you, bro. I mean, you'll go in there against somebody who looks like they're trash and they'll just they'll – just, just, dog just you. work you over, man. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like, I'll regularly go with people who are like 300 pounds, and they're probably like, oh, small little guy. And then yeah. it's like, no, buddy, I've been doing this for over a decade. But it's funny. I think <laughs> I think, I think, think when I was really training heavily in jiu-jitsu, I would tell people all the time, I would always not like pull guard, but like I always want to be on bottom first. Yeah. Because if you can survive and be on someone's bottom and you can sweep them and then you're on top, now you don't have anything to fear because now you've been there. You know, right. like you've already done the hard part. Mm -hmm. So now you know what you're capable of. And then yeah. all of a sudden – now you build the confidence and then you, you push, but that ego is always there because there's always levels to everything. Yeah, but there's there's for sure something to, like, putting yourself in bad situations, figuring out, like, what you're actually capable of, like, where can you push through. I think that was, like, my biggest lesson from, from wrestling. I remember, I'll never forget, like, the first time I've ever been broken. Yeah. Like, there's just so much to be learned from, like, just mentally being broken and then, like, pushing through it anyway. Um, dude, it was, it was, dude, it was a Sunday morning practice. Cause like wrestling was seven days a week. Dude. Yeah. Like we do, we normally have either like a duel on Saturday or on Friday or like a, a tournament on Friday and Saturday. And then like Sunday we'd come in and lift and like, we just had a tournament and like, fortunately, like me and my partner, we always did pretty well. We were actually probably like the two best on the team, yeah. 
but um but that didn't fucking matter to my coach like and then like everybody else maybe didn't do so well like we came in one day we're thinking this is just going to be just a chill sunday we're going to lift and blah blah so those are the days that get you dude we lifted harder than we probably ever lifted that the, then we went across the street to our high school like in the in the hall we'd run like say this is the hallway the square we'd mm-hmm. have to run around it and we'd have to make it around in like 45 or 46 seconds everybody yeah. 103 up to heavyweight and if somebody didn't make it we gotta do it again so long story short we ended up probably doing like 16 sprints which I think came to like sprinting two miles Yeah. and then we're like oh man surely we're done we're all fucking tired we're, nope we went back across the street to our wrestling room wrestled live for like another hour but wrestlers have that intensity there's a level of intensity that wrestlers have that no other sport has and Dude, i don't care what anybody wants to tell me it was the hardest day of my life we're all crying i'm fucking so tired like i've never like i've never been broken i would like have that. been puking by but then i also pushed through though dude and it was just like i learned that your mind is capable of so much more than it will like make you believe like your body can do it it's just your mind that will hinder you but then as 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 much of like uh like a roadblock as your mind can be it can be your greatest enemy but it can also be your greatest ally once you learn how to like to harness, harness that yeah man I, I started reading that book i don't know if you heard of the power of now have you ever read it um i haven't read it but i have it's on my list and, and it's it's a tedious book it's not the best read but it's the best information in my mind in okay. terms of it breaks down in a hundred different ways how you don't have to be your thoughts your thoughts yeah, are not, you are not your the, thoughts. You think you are your thoughts. You right. know, like you, you, it's like your internal monologue. But in reality, when you realize that your thoughts take you places you don't necessarily want to go, your your mind can, you know, control the body if you let it. Right. But once you separate yourself from it, and you're like, oh no, you're going on a tangent. I'm not going there. Right. Like all of a sudden, you can harness it. And and just like your situation, I had a coach, loved the guy to death. He was one of my best strength and conditioning coaches in college. We're still friends. Um. And whenever he would go out of town, one of the other coaches would, would coach us. And I remember running sprints same way. And then if somebody doesn't finish through the line, they make you do more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I swear to God, every time this basketball coach comes over here, we have to do way extra. Like, he's always making us do extra. And it's not like – I promise you, everybody ran through the line. <laughs> and years later, I asked him. I was like, dude, you were just trying to do that to mess with us. Like, just to, He was like, absolutely, 100%. He was like, you guys would be busting your ass the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I saw everybody falling out thinking it was over, so I had to make you do more. And, like, I had another coach. I had three head coaches in college, which is a whole other story. <laughs> but one of them used to make us – we'd do a full workout. Like 5 a.m. in the morning, and then he would still make you do a competition at the end. Whether it was like steal the bacon, like tug of war, like whatever it was, his right. thing was like you have to be able to compete when you're tired. Yeah. And that lesson going into life is the same thing. Is like you just have to be aware that the limitations in life are usually self-imposed. Mm-hmm. You're rarely going to meet something that's just an unmovable object. It's like you, you have to know. But if you have that mindset and you really believe in what you're doing. And that's another hard part is like that internal belief, like Real that drive. Belief. Yeah, not, not, not the brash, running your mouth stuff, but like truly there were so many situations that I was blessed to have a family that kind of molded me this way where it was like, you want to do something, you can do it. Like my whole life, yeah. you want to do something, you can do it. And I, through my sports experience, was able to just have that energy of like, it's not about if, it's just about when. And yeah. You may hit roadblock after roadblock, but if you don't quit ever, you're gonna get there. One hundred percent. You just gotta keep going. I had um I had a buddy on the podcast and he like he kinda hit me. He said, uh he's like, Do you really believe that what you believe is actually real? And it's like if if you do, then then like why aren't you living accordingly? You know what I mean? Like That's so many real. so many people don't actually believe what they say they believe is truly real. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 already done, man. Like if, if if you truly believe it, if you can visualize it, if you can put that energy out there, if you actually do the work, 
it's not a matter of if, it's just when. I mean, doing the work is the hardest part because, like I said, people just expect there to be signs. And, I mean, this is myself included. Like, I, I've yeah. gone through all of this, you know? Yeah. And I think these are, like, obviously my reflections of the life that I've currently lived. But it's it's a situation where you hit so many of these roadblocks and you just have to have that. Like, you just either believe it's going to work or you don't. Right. And, like I said, it's either temporary. Like, are hard things temporary or are they permanent? Yeah. Have you ever gone through anything that was permanent? Everything's temporary. Everything. It's just relative to how long. Exactly. So if you keep pushing, eventually you will be stronger than whatever it is. Because 100%. that lesson of failing this time, you go next. Like It's like rolling with somebody you've never beaten. You know, And yeah. it's like every time you start understanding what they're doing and why they're beating you, what, what, what you're doing that's leaving you vulnerable. Right. And you get better and better and better. And then one day you get them. It's and that then, incremental, man. Exactly. It's, it's like the building little a wall. steps. Exactly. Yeah, I really like that Will Smith analogy where he's talking about just, just, you know, you just lay this brick as perfectly as you can, and then you lay the next brick, and eventually you have a whole wall. But that that's everything. Yeah. That's everything. That's everything. Because you can't – there's no leaps. I mean, rarely will somebody just jump up beyond the stars in terms of, you right. know, being successful. It's, right. it's the years of, you know – Staying in the staying in the grass, you know yeah. what I mean. Keeping your head down, doing Dude, the work. That overnight success isn't really overnight. No, it's, man. it's ten years prior. Yeah, you to found that. about it overnight, you right? Know what yeah, this is when you learned about it, man. So then now, are you are you just focused strictly on on MMA right now? Or are you still working with NFL players? So or? we do a little bit of everything. So I have an interesting role at Paradigm in that I am an MMA manager. I'm an NFL agent, and I'm general counsel, like inside counsel for the company. So we have four attorneys, and we collaborate on a lot. We have five managers now. We collaborate on a lot. But it's it's one of those things where NFL, we have two guys right now. Both are guys who have had amazing careers, like undrafted guys who have now played eight and 12 years in the NFL. So, oh, I mean, nice. the biggest successes you can have in terms yeah. of – you know, going starting from the bottom and literally, and dude, like you got to fucking earn it. Yeah, but it's a different world with football, man. Yeah. You got to pay for all these guys, you, and, and you know, there's a little more flash to it. More, more fighters are down to earth people. They don't have unrealistic expectations, just in general. And I'm not saying all football players are like that, but right. it's a different game. It's I think football is a lot more. There's a lot more money you have to spend just to pay and to play, and then it's a dirty game. You know, like all of it, it's a sports world in terms of the interactions and the things that go on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you got to stay on your toes. It's business, but that, that's exactly the best term. Cause I explain what I learned over the years was there were so many guys that I believed in. I believed in them as a human. Yeah. Right. And maybe I didn't at first have the scouts to tell me this guy isn't going to be a draftable kid. Maybe he'll be a free agent, you know, like these different layers of everything that you have to examine. But because I fell in love with the kid, I would, I would, be the guy to jump out there and I'm the one fighting for him. But what happens when they don't make it? Right. Like they have quick, they'll fire an agent faster than anything. And it's your fault, not theirs. Mm -hmm. When in reality, other people may have been telling you the whole time, this isn't the one, this isn't the one, this mm -hmm. isn't the one. And it's, it's difficult because it becomes a business. And once you understand that you have to, your time is money, your time is valuable. Yeah. How much of your time can you put into these things? So for us with football, like, Love it. You know, like I, I still love love our guys, love negotiating their contracts right. and, and hanging with them and being a part of their journeys. We keep our eye on the football world. But when you represent the class of clients that we represent in MMA, it's like, where is your time going in comparison to how to, to money? So what yeah. makes the most sense? You got to get that return. Yeah. Well, so also it's still there. But I think MMA for us is just such an overarching like that's that's our. Is that like the bread and butter for them? Yeah, yeah. Prime. Yeah. Well, I mean. 
there's there's still the human aspect of it, right? And like you guys Always. are kind of the the go between between the humans and the business, right? So yes. it's like, man, like you 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 see the guy, you see the work that they're putting in, you see their passion, you see their drive, but then like you still have to re- like remove the emotion out of it and be like, all right, well, logically, like what's really happening here? What's good for business? And that's that's tough, I'm sure. Well, it is, but it's not in that. Hey, all right, so you you were a fighter, and yeah. I know you. I don't know who who your who was your manager at the time. Me, I was I was I was always self. Oh, okay. Like I always like managed my own contracts and shit. Oh, that's like, awesome. I mean, I understood business. Like yeah, I, mean, yeah. I went and got like my business degree, and like I like I never had any issues with any of the promotions that I ever fought for. Well, that's a great great thing. Generally, what happens? There's so many different management companies, and I think the issue that we have in just navigating this space is that. Not everyone is the same. Not everyone has the same goals. Yeah. For us, I could tell you it makes more sense for us to work with a lot of the bigger athletes because of our experience dealing with the biggest, you know, the the biggest athletes. Right. Right. Like that's a space. Mm -hmm. But there's segments of your career, that early stage. We have a lot of guys that reach out, guys and girls that reach out in the early part of their career where it's like, do you need management? Like your sponsors are going to be personal that you know from your local businesses. Why, you know, like me coming into a city, I don't know. And trying to ask people to, you know, to sponsor you is not going to hit the same as you have these relationships, you know, these people. So like, that's a certain segment. Are you really negotiating most of your, your lower end regional contracts? Yeah. There's some money to be made there, but we're not talking about jumps of no, you know, dude, tens th- of thousands of dollars. Those are all pretty standard contracts. It's exactly. Like there's maybe a few dollars that you can negotiate. Or so I think that's the hardest part is like explaining yeah. to people that you may not need what, what we're good at, what we're the best at. Yeah. You're not there yet. And right. it's not, you know, so, so that takes part of it. So that's the other phase. And then there's that mid phase where it's like, okay, you're, you have now established yourself regionally. You're on the eyes of the bigger companies. Right. Do you need, that's when you may start needing that push, right? right. To, to jump and to say, hey, okay, we can help you get to these things. We can help you navigate the space. But for us, we're fiduciaries to the fighter. And that's how Paradigm is a company. That's how we take it. It's like, I work for you if you're my client. Yeah. I will filter information through you in a way where I'm trying to help you learn the game so that right. you understand why we think this versus that, why why you don't take this fight if you're coming off an injury and, you you know, like just All right. the little things that, that – Because fighters will say yes to everything. Exactly, They'll and fight. I have to know that. And you have to – I think as a management, knowing our client is the most important part. Like right. I have to know you. And some guys, you need to save them from themselves. Yeah. Some guys, you need to push them a little bit. Right. Some guys, no one's the, no one's the same. But right. we both, if you believe in me and you trust me, and hopefully by the time we're working together, we've built that. And I trust you. It's a situation where we have these these um, conversations that may not always see eye to eye. And I tell people that from the jump. We're not going to agree on everything. Right. But it's our job as, as his management or her management company to try and help educate you as to why there are these options, why this option may be better than this one, and you make the decision. Right. But our job is to educate right. so that our fighters, when they're done, when their career is over, hopefully they have ancillary income. Hopefully they're they're in a place where they built relationships while they were on the rise. Right. And while they were on the rise, trying our hardest to get them the best deals that they can, there's going to be times where there's threats made, and they, you know you, you know how this industry is. It gets, I mean, he- it gets heated. Yeah, exactly. Man. But it's um, it's like it's important to like kind of have that that foresight as an athlete. Um, I I remember coming up like, whenever you could just essentially have 
all the sponsorship that you wanted, no matter what organization yeah. you were in. It's like, dude, there are a million managers at that time because the, the whole business is like, I'm going to get you sponsors. I'm going to get you sponsors. Yeah. And then it kind of gets to a point where it's like, fuck, man, there aren't really as many sponsors to get for some of these people. So it's That's just, a fact. so it's like, to your point, man, in the beginning, you don't. You definitely don't need fucking representation unless you're just. I mean, it helps to have somebody there to help guide you if you don't understand what's going on. But it's just like, why are you going to be giving somebody your money f- yeah. for, for peanuts essentially? And I mean, Who's you're pe- talking about in general, it could be like ten percent, right? In general, but it's like you Who's know, is that for, benefiting? And for most of our smaller clients, I mean, there's situations where we're not. We don't charge people half of the time because it's like if you're you see it, the potential, you're, you're fine. To- I mean, exactly. It's like I'm not trying. No one's. We're not making the 200 bucks I'd make off of this commission is not worth, you know, the right. the like we're in this for the long haul. We're right. in here for the marathon, and I'm not saying it's like that every single time, but in general. I think it's so much of just making those decisions, helping someone grow into a space. And yeah, right. there's situations where somebody, let's say you're, if you're an Olympic level athlete, yeah, it may, may, may make sense to sign you before you're actually even right. fighting. Because, but if you're just a martial artist coming up in the game, right? it's not like we're going to be able to do that. But this is the other thing you said that was really important. Most athletes think that management is about sponsorships. That's it. Yeah, they think that they're signing with somebody so that you can rain money down on them from the sponsorship guys. Right, That's not that is not what I mean. At Paradigm, we have a full-time marketing staff, two full-time graphic designers, full-time social media manager, um, five attorneys, some of whom, like myself, are also MMA managers. So when I say like 360 management, I I, I love getting the people that think that because then we may not work with you because sponsorships are a part of it small piece yeah but you're building what brands. we're doing yeah we're building brands exactly building brands and also trying to help you grow into something like that right and i think one of the issues is we really what what we excel at the most is fight contracts meaning which is important dude. rico People. verhoven the heavyweight champ of of uh, glory kickboxing cyborg highest paid female mma fighter connor connor, connor. you know like <laughs> that's <laughs> mma and boxing if you want to talk about it but right in terms of what our strengths are, it's that. It's those those fighting. Most fighters are making 90% of their income is going to be from the fights. Right. No matter who you are. Yeah. You know, like even the bigger people. Yeah. Like that's the way to think about it. But once you get to a certain point, it's like, well, how many points am I getting off this pay-per-view or – I mean, it gets to that point. Like, we get to that point exactly where right. it's like, okay, pay per views, like sponsors, yeah, other other things that that come up. But I mean, there's ways to structure a lot of these that are not the way people think they're structured. You yeah. Know? So there's there's and that's across you know all the different organizations. There's fighters on salary at different places where they get paid whether they fight or not. Oh, and really? Our job is really trying to to help fighters, to help our people. Is that you know yeah. is is what can we do? to think outside the box, to be creative, to make sure we know your market value yeah, and to, to do something that's fair. And usually the MMA world isn't fair. So that's, but, but realistically we're using numbers. That's the big, the big difference in my opinion between us and a lot of other companies. It's, it's the numbers. It's the data. What can you show? How can you explain an argument that's not just, you feel like this, right? What can you show? So whether it's analytics on social media or, analytics of you know pay-per-view sales there's so many things in business that you had in the business side of this that make us different because we're not just booking fights a lot of management companies they book fights they 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 get a call hey you want to fight this guy sure how much are you paying us okay great and that's what they do right and And that's that's considered management for a lot of people because you don't need a degree you don't it's not like the nfl where there's a union and you have to actually 
pay dues and take a test and, and get vetted and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. MMA, everybody's uncle can be their manager. Now, in 1FC, aren't they now requiring management they to are. have a degree? Yeah, they. I think they have certain restrictions as to who are who can and can't be management because they've had some bad experiences in the past. And if I do, if I if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure they want you to be like like a Chinese citizen, don't they? There's something for, like that for the for the most part. Yeah, yeah. there's something like that. So going it can get on. fucking weird, man. Depending on what organization you're in, dude. I mean, look, I I will never criticize an organization for trying to to do what i think are the right things and yeah. in this situation you have so many fighters who can tell you a story about some manager they had and how things went badly yeah. because somebody wasn't paying them what they were supposed to or yeah vice versa but they're not always running it like a business and the beauty of what we have and what what audi set up at paradigm yeah is like we have an accountant that's full-time we have you know like everything that you need if you want right. to you have questions about something we can lay it all out and it's run like a business where yeah. we have the documents. We can show you everything. We trace everything. Before I give you a contract, everything's broken down. So it's it's yeah. just – and we try to be a business. And I don't think a lot of management companies do that. It's somebody. You know yeah. And there's a guy and the yeah. guy does everything. Whereas right. this is more of a business where, you know, let's make – a situation where everyone has everything they need and if not right. if it's financial services or some other things that we don't necessarily do like i'm not a none of us are cpas we have the connections to send you to somebody right and, get yeah, options. and that's so important just to have those relationships i mean like if you're starting at the beginning of your career like you really just need to focus on like being a good fucking fighter and yeah. then like to your point you kind of get to that mid-level where it's like all right man i'm starting to catch some attention of you know the bellators and the ufc's and these different you know these different larger organizations and that's probably a good time to 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 try to get some some probably some some uh some representation because yeah i mean relationships are important and you can be a fucking amazing fighter but if 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 you don't have somebody who knows those numbers to dial to get well you. it's that but it's it's also the respect of having done it like you know the, you can get into pissing matches with a lot of companies just in being management yeah. i'm a fighter advocate at all times yeah so my job isn't for the promotion to love us right you know like that's not necessarily the route to take and that's the problem is because everybody wants to be buddy buddy with the matchmakers and not we all have a healthy respect right like it's no no hard feelings but i think some companies like some of the bigger companies the difference is that where you know, we may get into it. You know, right. like it's not going to be something easy. It's not going to be pleasant. But yeah. ultimately, if we can get you what's, what what you deserve, right? it's worth the fight that you go through. And yeah. then I think ultimately who can't respect you for doing the right thing and, yeah. you know, maximizing that on behalf of the fighters. Because right. we have a lot of people. We don't do a lot of outbound recruiting. So that's the other problem is, like, we just started to with COVID because everyone was sitting down, so why not? Right. But in general, we've had a lot of people who come to us once they're already established because they know that they're – they don't feel like they're getting what they deserve, and it's a position where they've tried everything, and then yeah. they come to us, and then we yeah. can help them make that leap or do our best to, to yeah. do that. That makes sense. I know from, like, the fighter perspective, I've, I've seen so many fighters who uh, who maybe were great, but they're just trying to manage themselves, and it's like, man, well, how do I get to the UFC, or, or how do I get to Bellator, or whatever the case is, or, like, how do I get on the ultimate fighter? And it's just like, dude, with the right manager, dude, if they have those relationships, and it's just like – People want to work with people that they know, man. And, That's true. You know and what and I'm the, the 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 MMA world and the combat sports world is such a like small social club, you right? Know, in terms of who knows who and what, so right? It's you know, I, I've had situations before where a fighter was telling someone else that was like thinking about managing them, and I would just happen to be in the room where they're like, "You don't understand. Like, you will get chewed up and spit out. Like, if they don't know you and respect you, right? You know, and, and across all the fight promotions, it's right? Like it if doesn't you don't matter have, which one it is. Exactly. If you don't have that that built a relationship or have a respect where they respect you enough 
to have a real honest conversation with you about it. And, and they don't take everybody. I mean, trust me, we, everyone has hits and misses. Like, oh, yeah. There's plenty of people who you look at on paper and you're like, why is this dude not in this organization? And you contact the organization and they're like, no, nah, we don't like this. We don't like that. Yeah. Or they're just not feeling them. You know, like it could be any number of reasons. It's, yeah. it's subjective, you know? Right. Or it's objective. So, um, yeah. It's it's a tough business, dude. I don't think people really understand. It is, what. man, but I'm blessed. Yeah. Like paradigm the guys we work with guys and the men and women first of all i love the fact that we're like the most diverse company of all time yeah we have an irish dude an australian dude a polynesian guy you know we middle eastern like we have so many different people in one company we only have 15 full-time employees but like <laughs> it's none not many doubles so yeah. it gives us all a very unique perspective on life and, yeah. and we all love what we do that has to help working with athletes Every, well everyone else is also a former athlete so like audie played football at ucla i played saya or uh one of our other guys, he does. He played with Audi at UCLA. Oh, nice. We have former soccer players, professional. That or matters. Maybe not professional, but kickboxers. You know, like. Yeah. So we are athletes. Yeah. So if we are athletes, we understand through our life experience what athletes go through. Right. And then it's a different game because we all love what we do. I can tell you, I've been on the phone till 3 in the morning trying to get something done for one of our clients. And we're all on the phone, you yeah. know. And we got people in the Middle East. We got, we got clients in holland or europe you know like yeah all these this melding you have to love what you do and yeah. i'm blessed to be around people that consistently wake up every day like like it's a football game. you know like when you're about to go out for kickoff and everybody's like hey let's go let's, let's go, go baby that's, <laughs> that's literally what our, our team meetings are like you know like yeah. monday morning like hey we're back at it and most of us worked over the weekend anyway yeah. you know even though we, we dude, weren't the grind doesn't to. stop dude man no. work, work but if you love it if you love it it's not, it's not that no dude. exactly just, it's not like just, oh i have to do this just it's do like what you love yeah. Yeah, man. So maybe we, we kind of touched on this some, but like, like what's the best advice for like, you know, a, a, an up and coming fighter, or, you know, somebody younger in their career, like what's the best thing that they can do to, to further their career or, or maybe understand the business a little bit, you know Yeah, some people are going to hate me for this. That's answer. fine. Just be fucking yeah. honest, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's always that. I think, honestly, if you're an up-and-coming fighter, the most important thing on the planet is you have to win, number one. Right. Like, it's like being a car salesman. Like, I can shine the hell out of a Toyota, but it's still a Toyota. You know, like, <laughs> right. I can do everything. I can polish it. I can do everything on the point. I can put a new engine in it, but it's still a Toyota. So, to some extent, that self-cultivation of every fighter, it's like, I can only do, I can only do my job if you do yours. So, it, we're linked like that. It's not that you're going to sign with us and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. What it is, is if you can handle your end of it by executing in fights and executing when it comes to, you know, the sponsors you do have and the other people that you are involved with, yeah. then we can take off and run with it, you know, and then we can show you how to start your own businesses, how right. to do your own things, how to build within the sphere of your brand that you're creating. Right. But for the young guys, it's like, I think that's the problem is people want to sign with a manager. They want to say they're with this company. They want to say that right. they're with the same company as somebody else. And realistically, they don't need that in the yeah. beginning. In the beginning, keep your head down, grind. Just, just focus you know? on the fights. Exactly. If you, if you get to a point, we will find you. Yeah. You know, like someone will find you. And it's not, I mean, it's okay to reach out when you think you're having issues because that's what happens. But I think the majority of the people who reach out and I answer a good amount of our like incoming requests. Yeah. It's someone who either has a losing record or is, you know, very like, you know, they could be 13 and 10, you know, like not, not, right. not that great of a record. Yeah. But I think more often than not, it's like one and oh, 
2-0, and and they're like, you know, I need somebody to do this. Or people who have never fought before, they reach out and they're like, you know, I, need, I know I need management and I want to get into this. And you just have to do it. If you can show me that you're dedicated enough, and I've seen fighters who don't live with their spouses because they move somewhere to train full-time. Yeah, like a lot of those guys. Those things are the dedicate. That's the dedication that I need to sacrifice. see to know that if I'm going to put time and effort and, and energy away from my wife and my daughter to come to a fight week where I'm there all week with you and your people, like I have to believe that you're doing your side of it. So that right. energy of finding the right people, I think is the hardest part on management. So for the young fighters, it's like be you and go out there and, and show what you're worth. Build. Yeah. You know, like you don't need a manager to then go do something. Like go, just like we've been talking the whole episode, basically – Go be your best. Right. Do everything you're doing, and then the right things will come along. And I really feel like in life, that's everything. If you do the right thing and you, you do your best, like I said, with a positive energy and putting your whole heart into something, the right things will happen to you. Yeah, it's just yeah. putting yourself in that position because most people bite off more than they can chew too fast. Yeah. Now, Connor's changed the whole uh, like landscape of fighting in that you know he's super entertaining. Like he, yeah. he, he took the entertainment to the whole next level. How many of these young guys are you seeing like almost focusing too much on the shit talking, too much on, on the show? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think there's two parts to that too that goes ties into your last question because to some extent, if you want to be like how do you get on a big regional show? You sell tickets. You sell tickets. You yeah. have to promote them all the so, time. Exactly. Share so their let's shit. Let's look at There's a lot of fighters that are really good fighters. But if you don't have social media, if you're not active, if you're not doing things to kind of build yourself, if mm -hmm. you're not aware of your own brand during that time frame. Right. And I'm not saying you have to go out here and live on social media, but I'm just saying like be. Like you got to do those things. You have to promote yourself. It's a part of because it. Because a show, if a show says, okay, well, I know that this guy has, you know, we have a young fighter who... Um, He's Albanian, lives in New York. The Albanian community comes to every fight. He sells crazy amounts of tickets, like crazy amounts of tickets. So anyone's happy to have him because they know that this comes. he comes along with this bandwagon of people that right. are going to support our organization. Yeah. Not at the highest levels necessarily, but, you know, when you're building in those well, younger Yeah, you're states. local, you're regional. Like, dude, those promoters love those guys because yeah. at the end of the day, the, the promotions, like, they make money off selling tickets. Yeah. And they're not going to make any money if you're just selling, like, 10 or 20 tickets. So, so I think there's issues sometimes where, you know, I'll explain to somebody that like, you got to boost your profile more. Like think about things like, especially if you know them, if I know you well, I can say like, look, I know that you're an interesting dude. I know you're hilarious. I know what you have all these traits, Yeah. but you're not projecting that. So it's something where, yeah, we can keep booking you these low level fights and, and things are going to happen. But you, it's not the days that it used to be where the best fighter gets automatically pulled into the UFC. There was a point where right. there, if you knew somebody and they were a dog, they were going to end up, you know, essentially making it that way. Yeah. Whereas now you kind of have to have a little flashy. You have to have, so you have to be a draw to some extent, whether that's right. your personality, whether that's your, your fighting style. Yeah. I mean, I've had guys that are wrestlers that can't get into a bigger show because they're just like, you know, we don't think that you're exciting enough. Yeah. Dude, just the days of like the quiet professional are, are kind of gone. Um, and maybe this is just my opinion. I've noticed, um, there's some organizations who are like, you know, they'll, they'll kind of take the quiet professional, mm -hmm. like where they feel like maybe we can build these guys or, um, if they, if they maybe do have like a good home base or something, yeah. um, of fans, but it's like, you can't just be a quiet professional and, and really make it showbiz, man. It's entertainment. Like you're still a yeah. fighter, but it's like, dude, you got to put on a show and you got to, you got to, you got to put asses in the seats. I mean, and, and that's because on the regional level, that's everything. I mean, it's the same thing when you get bigger though. I mean, if you're, if you're a main event headliner and you're getting pay-per-view, you know, buys, it's like, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like how many people are watching you? How much money can you bring to the company? So yeah. 
there are certain fighters, you know, guys like Connor, you know, even Chael Sonnen, who, you know, he was another guy who oh. kind of started that just running his Dude, mouth and people school. got behind yeah, it. Yeah, the bad guy, man. So it's – I hate saying that to an extent because I don't want fighters focusing on that. I don't want people just thinking about it. I want them to understand that this exists. If you do your normal thing, like yeah. go to the gym, you post a couple pictures with your boys, like little things, right. but making yourself accessible as a human. That's what right. changed the MMA game. People want to know who you are. When the Ultimate Fighter came out, it was such a big deal because people got to realize that these aren't barbarians. These are right. everyday dudes who just happen to be martial artists, and this right. is where their path is. And that humanized the sport in a way that it became more pop culture. So if you can't allow yourself to be accessible into it's and not that you got to go out of your way as some – I think there's – we've also seen the, the inverse where you got the fighter who's like – one and one in some promotion, and every day they're posting training videos and trying to, oh, you know, it's like they, they're too much for the flash. Right. But if you can go out there and win consistently and do it in an exciting fashion, yeah, then you can you can do whatever you want in yeah. this business. And maybe if you're one of those guys who, who isn't, like, you know, all about the social media, maybe you fucking hire somebody to run your social for you. Like, I mean. Yeah, and, I mean, it's funny. Is there's management companies that I've well, heard do that, but we don't Well, even if you it. don't do, like, a management company, I'm sure there's, like, like a buddy or something who, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's so many people who love to be on social media. It doesn't yeah. have to be this big investment. It doesn't no, have to be this big not thing. not at all. For me, it's, like, get someone at your gym to take a picture of you. That's it. That's it, dude. That's like, it. What technique did you learn today? Why don't you throw it up there? Because if you're a grappling specialist and you show some grappling techniques yeah that's something that's giving you more um you know more assets right like you're 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 now giving something to someone you're, yeah. you're showing your knowledge you're becoming an expert and yeah. people want to see experts go into whatever field it is right. so you're establishing your own self and that's the hard part of today though is social media is a big factor in all it's of just this. a part of it yeah we used to have a guy at the gym um he used to do really well like on the local scene sell a ton of tickets like dude his parents just ran a social like it wasn't anything special mm -hmm. it's just like but it's just like a piece of it and it allowed him to train a little bit harder and just focus today's world is about access yeah and and while you're starting you got to be able to give that but I, I hate that we even have to talk about it this much because it didn't used to be that way. i know but, but it's just a fact of life man if you have support and if you're winning, yeah, you know that's it. But I just, I just think that guys should just focus on their career as much as possible because the whole point yeah. of management, once you get to a certain level, is to make sure that you don't have to stress about anything. So yeah. whether that's your compliance, if it's a UFC and you got USADA, yeah, you know, like the whereabouts. I mean, like we'll update that. It's like different things so that all you should be able to do is train 100. percent Yeah, you know, do your get your training recovery all of that, and then we can handle everything else. Right. And you have to trust us to do that, though. Yeah. And that's the problem. Trust is important. I swear to you the hardest part about being an agent that took me years to learn in any sport is the, the relationship. You know, like, if I have to convince you to sign with me, maybe it's not going to be a good good relationship. Right. Because if I have to convince you, then that means that you're still kind of thinking one way. And mm -hmm. I've been able to have conversations with people where I realize we, may not, we just may not vibe. It's not that I'm wrong or you're right or your approach and my approach are – there's there's more than one way to skin a cat right but it has to be us and having that mutual honest like i trust you you trust me you know i'm going to lead you down the best path that i think yeah and i'm going to educate you during this process and that partnership is what we kind of call it like we have a partnership with our athletes yeah where i'm helping you accomplish your goals and yes you pay us but that's that's because we provide service 24-7. The 10% right. of a fight purse, so many athletes are like, oh, well, let's say we sign somebody who already signed a deal. They already have a current promotional agreement. Everybody on earth will be like, no, you shouldn't take 10%. You didn't negotiate that deal. Well, if you look at our company, 
Are we providing social media support every day? Are we support, providing, you know, marketing support? Are right. we helping you get your taxes done if you're an international fighter? You know, like, are we doing, like, we service our clients 24-7. So what are we going to do? Work for two years for free until somebody gets, we right. could charge you per services and you probably pay way more than whatever 10% way of your fight more. Per And then when that renegotiation comes up, it's exactly. like you're going to understand And that's why. what happens. And that's usually what happens. But it's really getting to understand that, right? Like, yeah. it's not the common way of thinking but when you understand that this is a 360 business that, yeah. that we have and i'm blessed to be a part of there's no I, we have fighters that we signed and maybe you know if, if we didn't if we didn't start working with them like mid fight camp like we'll make sure that they pay their old manager if they decide if they come to us we don't poach anybody we don't reach out to people who are currently managed yeah. but if you come to us and you make that switch I'll still make sure you take care of everything on the back end of the business the way you're supposed to. Yeah. And then when we move forward, yeah, we'll get paid on your next fight. But right. that's could be a six months between fights where we're not right. getting paid, but we're still here every day when you call us. You Doing know, the right thing. Seven. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but that's, that's few and far between in this game, to be honest. Yeah. From what I've seen. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, I'm, I'm definitely glad I'm, like, I'm not in, in that world anymore. Uh, do, you, do you think, I mean, like in coming out of fighting, like, the hard part about being an athlete, and I think all of us go through this, and we joke about it within our company all the time, is, like, being an athlete. I will never be able to put a helmet on and go out there. You can still train jiu-jitsu. You can still train and do all the other things. But, like, there's something about competition where yeah, yeah. that energy, like, there's something mm -hmm. of conquering your inner fears. And it's not that you're terrified, but, like, you know, the you want to find out. That's what sports is about, in yeah. my mind, is, like, as an athlete, as a human being, you want to find out what you're capable of. Win, lose, or draw, you want to know who you really are. Yeah. And these pursuits are just a way to mask that in a way when it comes to fighting or football or some other sports that are dangerous, that are physically, yeah. you know you could go out here and not come back the same. Yeah. It's the ultimate form of trying to find who you are. It really is. You know what I really fell in love with competition was uh, was flow state. Like I always thought like maybe I was an adrenaline junkie, but I just realized, man, like I love when the stakes are high. I love when it's just me and another dude out there, whoever. I love, like, just falling into that place where, like, everything is clicking. And I'm, yeah. just, I'm just, like, not You're even You're in the think, matrix. Yeah, dude, I'm not thinking. I'm just doing what I know how to do. And it's just, like, everything's fucking working together. And, like, sure, sometimes you get in a rough spot and you got to push through. But, man, there are some times in a fight I'm just, like, I'll come out of it. I'm like, what the fuck did I just even do? I have to go rewatch the fight yeah. because it's just, like, you're just in that flow state, man. And well, because if you train, if you train hard and you work hard, and this goes with everything, like, you know, being an attorney, if I if I know my material, like if I got to go negotiate something, I can't be sitting here scrolling through paperwork or whatever. It's like whatever you do, if you love it and if you've dedicated yourself, if your autopilot is better than the other person's autopilot, that's kind of what yeah. competition is, is if you put in the work, when you go out there, you're just pressing play and yeah. all the things you've done come with you in that yep. short span of time. Yep. And I think, you know, it's it's just about maximizing that autopilot. And It really is. And I think playing football, I remember there were times the same way where it's like, man, I don't remember what exactly happened, but it worked. And then you go back and watch film. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Some of that's just part of the head trauma, though. Yeah. <laughs> my CTE hasn't kicked in yet. Don't Dude, I, that was my big thing. I just started worrying about my brain too much. Like, I'm like, damn, man, all these punches, all this shit. I'm just like, man. I thought I was Mr. Cautious. No, don't don't start bringing that up now. You know, don't start. <laughs> you don't ever think about that, bro? No, I definitely do, man. You can't, you can't be in this business and not. Yeah. So, like. On the management side, it's so hard because you get in these situations where, like, the people that I work with, like, 
I love them. You know, like these are like my brothers, like the yeah. guys. I'm not there training with them every day, but I have a lot of athletes, and we as a company have athletes where our managers are talking to them every day. It doesn't have to be about fights. It doesn't have to be about whatever. It's what's going on in life today. Yeah, I was it's the like, kids. I was, exactly. Yeah. It's like you're your boys. But I think, you know, getting to that position where somebody you, you can occasionally get somebody who's taking some hard L's. You know, you got three knockouts in a row, something like that. Yeah. And being able to try your best to help them make educated decisions is still their life, still their career, but mm-hmm. really trying to protect the fighters. Right. And I think that's – it's it's hard because we're all men, not all of us. Obviously, we're women. <laughs> but I mean, like – We're all alphas. Even the, but, even yeah, those I'm just saying, like, alphas. you have that energy, that, yeah. that fire to do something, and you want to prove things. And even though you proved something before – you got to keep pushing. That's another key to life, right? Like yeah. you can get something, you can achieve something, but you can't leave. You got to eat hungry all the time. Eat greedy. Like yeah, you got to, once you achieve something, that is now the new benchmark. If you do anything less than that, yeah, that you know what you're capable of. So you got to keep raising it and keep raising Dude, it. Gas is on the right, man. You got to keep that fucking foot down. Exactly. And I think, you know, just not ever being complacent about things. But the problem is when people in the, in the, in combat sports or contact sports, even yeah, football, even football. You're making the money. You know you got to get paid, and you're you're not doing as well, and your heart's not in it as much. And it's like it can be a, it's it's a hard path. Yeah. And I think it's our duty to again educate and be there and support decisions, but really, you know, having hard conversations. I think that's again the yes men thing. We can't be yes men. Right. And, and I've had athletes that you know have kind of been like, oh well, I just need somebody that can just you know bring me this, bring me these deals, do this, do that. But like, that's not what this is about. This is about like a mutual respect. I'm like your business coach, just like your jujitsu coach. Like I'm your branding coach. Yeah. And when I bring things to you, you have to trust and know that it's coming out of love, whether it's a, a criticism or, yeah. or help. It's like, and when it that's the hardest part though, that end of the career when things are not yeah. going right. Cause nobody wants to give up. It's like these same mm-hmm. beneficial thoughts and lessons we've learned of pushing isn't always like it isn't always you can drive yourself into a wall you know Dude, we've all seen that athlete who just took one or two too many fights trying to get that paycheck and it's just like man sometimes you can see it and you know it's happening where it's like you know but it's i mean it's heartbreaking to an extent because you know and you don't i mean who knows get on any given athlete whether they have other options whether it's commentary whether it's other things that they've built during this time frame yeah and that's the goal ultimately is for our clients if we could if if I could plan out every client's career, they would be in a position where they at least have built a a um, built a sort of foundation for themselves. Where now, even when they're done fighting, if it's a gym that they're coaching at, if it's other guys that they have under right. them, if it's commentating whiskey, whatever it may it, be, yeah, dude, just have other revenue streams. I mean, yeah. gone are the days where it's like, oh, you fought in the UFC, like cool, like that used to be a big fucking like just like metal on your chest or however you yeah. want. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, you fought in the UFC. You can go around the whole country and just teach seminars. Like yeah. that used to be Whereas a thing. Whereas now you got, you got the internet. I mean. Dude, they're a dime a dozen. I can't tell you how many people I've trained with who fought in the UFC. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, now they've expanded the roster so right. much. And there was a point where like, remember back when there was like three championship fights in a night and that wasn't a big deal because it'd be like you had a fight, what, every month? Maybe every, like one fight in yeah. a month yeah maybe every other month right and you're at that point where like you're watching chuck liddell and anderson silva and like you know like all these guys on the same card because yeah man it was all bangers Whereas right now you know we flooded the market and it's not a bad thing i appreciate that there's more fights to watch but you know the yeah it's like it, there's not there's not as much of a, a an aura around yeah, fighters as there the was prestige. back then 
where yeah yeah exactly yeah it's definitely the game has definitely come a long way and uh like i think organizations like like you guys are, are definitely like help taking it to the next level as well yeah and i mean you just have to think of things outside the box like there's no structure for this this is still a new sport i mean yeah. it's trying to i mean you see with a lot of the top fighters right now and some of their stances and, and different things i mean it's it's a difficult game because you have to play within the confines of, of the rules but mm -hmm. on the same note you have to protect your fighters that's what we're here for like there's nothing else you yeah. know like obviously it's great when things are going well between us and any promotion but it's like you can't be a fighter advocate and be an advocate for every company that they fight for yeah you know and you can respect them and have great relationships with them but it has to be about the fighters and it's it's you know the the brain trauma stuff all of that is it's, yeah. it's a dangerous game I mean, we've all done it man we've oh, all yeah i played football from you know like i said eighth grade through senior year of college and i'm saying i played d-line my last two years so every play there's every play my head is hitting somebody Headache, all day every headaches practice. all the time you remember that I, I, I didn't really get any though really i have one concussion that i remember i got and it was in eighth grade i don't think my helmet was full filled up as much as it should be yeah and like i wasn't set and somebody hit me and when i hit the back of my head i just remember thinking like i'm seeing red and like i had like a little headache and that was it yeah since then i, I honestly don't think i've ever had I was blessed, man. I played 10 years of football, never got hurt, never missed a game. Yeah, you're fortunate, bro. Yeah, I mean, I had three herniated discs in my back, but it never stopped me from playing. <laughs> you know, like, but no no traumatic right. injuries. Right, you weren't tearing like, any, like, any no. knees or shoulders or anything like I that. I was blessed, man. I got banged up playing football, but never, like, anything, like, super serious. Like, yeah. I, I fucked up elbows and yeah, you get pulled, little stuff pulled like my that. groin constantly, and you're always – I sprint – I think the, the – the, the, probably the – the biggest things were I sprained both of my ankles, like all in the same same season. It fucked me up big time. And like, you just taping the whole shoe. Did you get to that point where they I didn't, didn't tape, even the tape your ankle? They I just tape around the shoe. <laughs> I don't. I never got to that point, but like it still fucks with me today. Like I I, I got to the point to where like I wanted to keep my ankles so so tight mm -hmm. that um, like now I don't have the same like mobility mobility in my ankles. Yeah. And I, like so now like I'm just trying to regain that mobility. Yeah, those foot locks will get you now. <laughs> you're stiff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the bendy dude. people that. I'm don't so get big hurt. on mobility, dude. And I think the other thing was like I had like a, a partial separation of my my shoulder, AC joint, something like that, or yeah. your actual shoulder. Yeah, I think it was just my AC joint. Um, I was so, dude. I, I, in high school, I I played almost every position on the offensive oh, line. Oh, really? Yeah. On the O line, dude. My high school did not care if you went to college. They literally just wanted you to do what was good for them. So, well, that, but that's the football problem. It is because I know so many people that were great athletes, but they're playing out of position or doing something that wasn't going to make them shine. Yeah, but it's because that year you got somebody go down, and now we need someone here, and you can fill that role. And I was just a better athlete than all of our our offensive linemen. Like yeah. I, I played center as a junior. Like, like why why am I starting center as a junior? <laughs> but see, that's kind of why I end up playing D line because they're like, look. It'd be good to have one guy who's just faster than everybody and, you know, you're strong enough to deal with him. But, you know, I'm not going to be blowing linemen off the ball. But yeah. if it's a passing situation, hey, hey, it makes sense to just let me go in there and run around, do you know. Your, do your thing. But, uh, yeah, man, other than that, like, it wasn't wasn't too terrible. I had a whole lot less injuries, like, doing wrestling, though. Well, yeah, wrestling. <laughs> and I think flexibility comes with wrestling in, in a in a way. I mean, wrestling is a different sport, man. Yeah. It's that intensity and, and flexibility and just – yeah the the levels you push yourself but i think in the fight world man that's the other problem is like injuries and dealing with those and what's smart and what's not smart and yeah you know it's like you get so many guys who just don't want to stop and you don't know what i mean you know at a point what financial situation they're in yeah you know just because this is the hardest part i think so many people in the highest levels 
it's like they're broke before camp. Like by their camp is where they spend a bunch of money, and yeah. then they have to fight. Yeah. So if they're injured, if they have other things going on, they may have to fight because that's the only paycheck they're going to get. And mm-hmm. then that, you know, is that really them showing their best skills in a high-level competition? Oh, yeah. Probably not. But those are the things that we're trying to help to avoid by setting budgets for every camp and doing, you know, just yeah. like this is not low-level management. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. really trying to find what do you have, what do you need, how can we make sure that you still have some left over if you go through a camp and then yeah. if something happens with this fight or whatever, because that's the problem is you get people that are in a bad life spot and they're going to go in there. Yeah, they're going to take that fight for the money, dude. And that's that's the wrong reason. to, to like if, if that's your only reason to be in there, like... You're well, it's not always the only, but it's like... I think it's more often than not. You, you'll, get, you'll get those. That's what I'm though. saying. You'll get some... I remember like back in the day, um, what's his name? I think Tom Lawler. Um, Dirty Tom Waller was yeah, his I name. Remember. Yeah, and like there was a period where like I think he was training for a fight. He got hurt, so then they pushed him back like another three months. So he went like six months without a paycheck. Yeah. And then like he had this. I, th- I think he like ended up crushing the guy. Ended up getting like fight of the night or knockout mm-hmm. of the night. So he ended up getting like eighty eighty G's or yeah. hundred G's in a night. And he was like, dude, I fucking needed this more than anything. Yeah, but the, and that's that's the hard part is the. I think the hardest part of management is that relationship because yeah. win, lose, or draw. Like I've been, I've been hanging out at after parties with people with our team because some somebody won. I've been in the hospital before they get there because yeah. somebody lost. You know, and you know exactly. And it's yeah. like it's you. You take those ups and downs, and yeah, it's a business. So ultimately, yeah, we wouldn't represent certain people if it didn't make business sense. Yeah, but it's very much that relationship is like that's. That's somebody that's almost your family. And when that happens and the, the negatives or, or, or them being broke right before a fight. I mean, some of these things, these scenarios that get personal, yeah. it's like it's hard because it's your job to help them with that. And we honestly firmly believe that. But it's yeah. it's not easy, you know, dealing yeah. with these situations and having these tough conversations about right. why did you spend this? Why are you doing that? And it's not not coming at them that way because i'm grown bitch <laughs> <laughs> but basically basically yeah dude. The, don't come calling me when you're broke you know right but, but no it's never <laughs> like that with our clients but it but again it's like you have to go about it the right way there has to be that trust you have to honestly believe that i'm helping to educate you about something that you're not if, if you have, we have people that are in so many different levels some people are great with money some people are not some people right. have tons of money some people don't yeah and it's about figuring out that balance and just helping them to grow yeah. in their own space because you've seen it there's fighters who have great records who are doing really well and they're probably not getting paid what they should be getting paid they're still paycheck to paycheck all the time yeah and it's not that everybody gets out of that but it's more it's about more than booking fights yeah you yeah know? well dude at the end of the day we're all just chasing a dream man yeah and it helps to have a team behind you i mean that's the, the most beautiful part of all this is being a part of people's journeys right yeah. like I became I became a t- an attorney because I wanted to help people, and I knew you could make some money while doing it. Like, why not do both? That's, you know, that's the win-win situation. And then there. when it came to athletes and athletics, it's like, man, I wake up every day and I love it. There's no fight day that goes on. I'll, I'll watch the whole undercard. We yeah. we have a group text for our whole company where we'll be texting from the undercard onward about everybody yeah. that we see. It's like when you love what you do, you never work another day in your life. You yeah, know? yeah, and you guys are fucking representing the cream of the crop. So that's, I mean, it's it's, it's blessings all, though, yeah. but it's like it's everyone's karma, right? Like the people oh, yeah. I work with, they're all good people. And right. I think you know, I was just blessed to have this opportunity, and if I didn't try to be a good person and try to, you know, I didn't just I, I really tried to build relationships with everybody that I meet. You know, I kind of feel like 
it's like a spiritual thing. Like whether you're religious or not, it's like God puts people, whatever the higher spirit is, puts people yeah. in your direction for certain reasons. And if you do everything you can to help everybody that comes across your path, I just feel like it's going to work out for you, you know? Yeah, 100%, man. Um, well, dude, I think that's probably a good place to end, man. That's um, good. I definitely want to be respectful of your time. Uh, dude, John, thank you so much, no, brother. thank you, brother. It's, it's, it's awesome. We're going to have to do it again. For man. sure, man, for sure. Um, is there anything that you wanted to leave the people with, direct them to, um, Forgers, if, if you did? Um, I don't know. You know, we get Paradigm Sports, you know, ParadigmSports.com. You can right. check us out. Um, you know, we're always happy to help. If there's people we can take on or not, I'm always happy to point people in the right direction. Right. But, you know, I'm just, I just appreciate what you're doing for St. Louis, what you're doing for all these people who are out here getting it and, you know, showing that hometown support that we don't always get you i know? appreciate it dude and uh, for the listeners go get some proper 12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Proper twelve. I, I don't think connor needs my endorsement but <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it though right on. all right john dude i appreciate it brother well, thank you man all right everybody till next time hey guys thank you so much for listening to that episode john is an amazing human and i really enjoy connecting with him uh listen if you are getting value out of these episodes Please do me a favor, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. Head over to YouTube and subscribe and just tell a friend, tell one friend, uh, help us grow this thing. And uh, man, we just, we'll just keep putting out good content for you. So if you are you know, thinking about things in maybe a different way or you laughed or you know, you just, you're like, man, I didn't really quite look at it that way. Just, just bring us a friend and help us grow this thing, man. That's all I ask. Big thank you goes out to Jumbo Superfoods. You can go to jumbocbd.com and check out their full line of products. Again, I absolutely love their muscle bomb. You probably get tired of hearing me say that, but it is keeping me fucking together. I mean, shit. I do jujitsu all the time and my, my, joints are sore and you know my muscles are tight and you know i try to i i i place recovery at at the top of my priority because it allows me to keep doing what i love to do and jumbo cbd is 100 percent a part of my regular recovery protocol so check them out man you will save 20 percent when you use the code outside um at checkout and then they are they're always doing buy two, get one free. So throw two of an item in your cart, you'll get a third one for free, and then you'll save 20% off of that entire order. And they're doing that for our listeners here of this show. So go to jumbocbd.com, use the code outside at checkout, and save. Also, check us out at imposedwill.com. We have a full line of apparel over there. You can save 10% off of your order by using the code outside there. And, uh, Hey, go check out Unavita Tequila. I wish I had a code for you there, but those guys are fucking rad. I love what they're doing. Um, listen, we all have one life here, and we got to live it to the fullest. So go check out UnavitaTequila.com. Um, that's all I have for you guys. I love you. We'll be back very soon with another awesome conversation. Um, until then, guys, just keep being amazing humans, and I love you. Bye. Mwah.